Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony, how are we? I'm really well, how are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do, thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little, no, it's fine. No, fine, yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. I'm in again. I'm in again. Crack a bit more frost off my nose. So you're ready to start then? Mm. Right. Yes, I'm ready. Oh, that's distorting when I go like that. I won't lean that far forward to it. I'll come back a bit. <laughs> right. Might be a bit Hello and welcome there. to chip. <laughs> Hello hang and on, welcome to on. chapter one four six of the Corona Diaries. Hello. That's better. Is that better? Hello. I'm not used to this microphone. No. And I've got asthma as well. So we went to visit someone yesterday with a cat. And uh so, uh, if I do laugh, I'll sound like Motley. Right. Um, Why did you go and see somebody with a cat? Because everybody listening to this knows that's not going to end well. No. Stupid, really. Yeah. We forgot they had one. Right. And then when we got there, they did. Right. You're doing that kind of thing with a mic where you go in and out to try and get the level right. You're moving your head, aren't you, to try and get the level right on the microphone. And do you remember those... Those like thermometer things that you used to get that rocked back mm. and forth with a bird's head and they were multicolored. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, you got a vibe of one of them about you this morning. <laughs> Where did they come from and what did they do? Nodding birds. Mm. You don't mean, do you mean those? You don't mean those, do you? They were like a, a long, thin glass tube with a bird's head on the top and kind of a little bulbous thing on the bottom, and they were multicoloured, and they just rocked. And I never worked out what they did. Oh, it was to do with... um, Now, what's that word? Um, Perambulator. I only only had a brain. No, that word for... We're (laughs) going to get lots of people writing in with the word. But the word for... uh, you know the uh, the property uh, of a glass tube with a thin with a thin thin. <laughs> oh, that oh. word! <laughs> I can't think of any of the words <laughs> for the words. Right. Um, what's it called? That when you've got the. I can't get this. This microphone just won't turn down. Um, for the, um, what's it called? When you've got a glass tube with a thin... Um, <laughs> Shaft? Hole All up right. the middle of it. And it tends to there, it tends to suck liquid up into it, doesn't it? That's a straw. No, that's that's uh, no. I'm on kind of. I'm I'm on more sort of experimental oh, yeah. chemistry glassware now. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, what's it called? 
it's a property, isn't it? Of it's to do with surface tension. If you put it in a thin, <laughs> while you're while you're centering and finding yourself, right? I'm just going to put nodding glass bird tube into Google and see what comes up. And, and so, what it used to do was it was to do with that property. And the it would it would it would nod down into a glass of liquid, and then the property that I can't put into words would happen, which would suck liquid out of the thing, right, down the tube and into the bird's bulbous ass, which would make it heavy enough to swing back, right, and then it would swing forward again. Why would it swing forward again? Oh, I don't know. It's 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 more than I can deal with. But it was, you know, it was one of those perpetual motion things where the the property whose name I can't think of. Um. Uh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, and it dips into the water. And in doing so, the blue liquid in in its arse runs down to its head, uh, and then something happens, <laughs> which makes it swing back. It's just to do. It's a gravitational, simple harmonic motion thing, um, and I can't think of the word. You can think of the word. I can't. All I'm saying is that when you were moving in and out of the microphone, that's what you reminded me mm. of. <laughs> that's all. That's all I was going with. I didn't expect that would take the entire episode up. No, it's gonna come to me. The word will come to me. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll put a picture out there for those who don't know what we're talking about. But I imagine if you grew up through the seventies and eighties, you will know exactly what we're talking about because everybody seems yes. to have one. The nodding bird thing. The nodding bird thing with the blue Then they had those dogs on the back seat of the cars as well, didn't they? The nodding heads. <laughs> the Churchill dogs. Do you remember those? Yeah. On the back of the... <laughs> on the back of the car. You'd always have one on the... Um, yeah. <laughs> in the back window, yeah. nodding away. <laughs> Can you remember when everybody used to have the cats that were like they run into the back of the car, stuck on the boot? Oh used yeah! To stick out from the car, so it looked like a cat had literally hit the car, or you could see with his ass. Oh, I never had one of those. Did you not? No. All right. Okay. Well, let's okay. let's see if we can get that going. That sounds like a uh, an opportunity for purple merchandise. Well, you'd be happy because it'd be one less cat in the world. Yeah, half a cat, half. A... <laughs> Which takes us all the way back to the book 101 Uses of a Dead Cat. You must remember that. 101 Uses of a Dead Cat. You never Did you never have that book? It's a word like suction, Ant, but it's not suction. <laughs> <laughs> You're still on that? <laughs> it will come to me. <laughs> oh. Folks, can you tell that H is in a different country? And and this is not quite normal. I'm in a different country, and I'm I'm frozen stiff. I'm hanging because I was visiting people uh, yesterday, and um, they'd plied me with rum, actually. Ah, dark rum. 
Dark rum, but quite good quality stuff. Right. Um, they have a rum uh, that's quite commonly available here in Denmark that comes from Venezuela called Diplomat, which, strangely, I can remember the name of. Um, and that's quite nice. Hmm. I think I was... But I wasn't plied with that on this occasion. I was plied with something called... Oh, I can't remember that, though. <laughs> oh, dear, I'm in a state. You are, aren't you? You didn't put a top hat on and just rock forward into the room and rock back and rock forward and rock back again. <laughs> no? Utilising a property that I couldn't think I of a remember. word for. No, I didn't. Right, right. <laughs> Um, anyway, you're away. I'm in the annex. I'm you're in, the, in annex. the annex. Yeah, and which is unheated. Um, I'm out from under the wife's feet, but I'm frozen stiff. Hmm. But if I did it in the main area, in the main building of the summer house, then uh, there'd be people crashing about in the background. So I've had to banish myself to the annex right. for the podcast today. Right. Is there anybody in the main body of the house that would know that scientific property? Well, English is not Lynetta's first language, so she might struggle. Uh, Vibes might know because he's a smart kid. Mm. We'll we'll Google it. What mm. what do they? I don't can't even think of the name of the glassware. You know when it's like a thin mm. tube mm-hmm. with a with a a very thin channel up the middle of it. Mm-hmm. They have those in chemistry, don't they, for picking mm-hmm. up little samples of liquid or whatever. You mean a pipette? No, because that has like a rubber bit on the end. All oh, right, so this doesn't have a rubber bit. Um, no, this is just it. This is just the glass thing with the very thin tube up the middle of it. And I think it's open both ends. Right. And there's a property of liquid that that makes the liquid go go up the tube. Right. You want me to Google this, don't you? I'll Google it. I'll Google it. You're going to have to pad for a minute. Put me out my misery. I will. You you pad Um, for a minute then. Hmm. You can see why I never got O-level chemistry. I can't get this microphone to stop being loud. I turn it down, and if I leave it, it turns itself up again. Why would that be? I, I don't know. I've turned it down again. But it's right. it's got a mind of its own. Right. AI, it's called, isn't it? Look, it's turned up again now. How strange. Has it got some kind of auto setting on it? I, I've no idea, because mine doesn't do what yours is doing, but then I'm not surprised by that. I'm going to try again. I turn it down, and then it comes back up of its own accord. Here it comes now. How very odd. Oh, well. The word you wouldn't you were thinking of wasn't capillary, was it? That is the word, a capillary. That was it. That was it. Why couldn't I think of that? I've no idea. I've no idea. Me. I'm pleased we've got there, because we, we can start the chapter now. I'm so addled. Well, you know why, <laughs> don't you? You shouldn't drink things that you can't see through. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. And there's the potential for a good limerick as well forming. Right. How long do you think that might take this morning? 
Once was a woman called Hillary. <laughs> you can't quite get Kefili, can you? <laughs> Hang on. Now this is things going off. There we are. There, right. there. Once was a woman called Hillary. <laughs> this microphone's turned itself up again. I'm just going to have to keep backing off from it because right. it, it refuses to be turned down. How strange that is. It's getting louder and louder. The input's just sliding up all the time. Right. Do you think that's a fault or a feature? I think, do you know what? I think it's not got anything to do with the microphone, and I think it might have something to do with Zoom. Oh, maybe Zoom's talking to it. Yes, because when I use my microphone like that which is a sure mv51 mm. folks if you if you need to know it is yeah, yeah. um it, tur- it it turns itself up and down in teams when i use teams it's never done it on zoom but it's done it on teams so it might Mental. be it might be the software not the microphone ah. not that i'm sticking mm. up for sure but i think it might be the software that's talking to it mm. or the computer the it's team. either that or it's because it's been rattling around in the bottom of my bag for ages around yes. the world and I've knackered it but it has turned right back up yeah mm. curious curious anyway anyway yeah. shall we start mm. oh yes after all that yes we should I thought I, we had well we have but I'm not I'm not going to use a throwaway comment about about nodding birds in the future okay uh, though we're never going to forget capillary are we call Hillary who took a walk round a distillery? I'm just trying to get the number of syllables right. What's the one called Hillary? Who took a walk round a distillery? <laughs> it was all such a shame. She wasn't to blame. Oh, you've used that before, haven't you? <laughs> Never mind. We'll 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 work on that in our spare time. <laughs> anyway, yes. anyway, if you are a purple, you will already know that we're going to do a few more sounds that can't be made questions today because you'll have heard it. Yes. In the first of the specials, which is actually going out probably while we're recording this. Okay. Yes. So we're going to do some more sounds that can't be made questions. Uh, and if you're purple, you know that. If you're not a purple and you've managed to get this far and you've persevered with the first 15 minutes of whatever that was, then we're going to do some sounds that can't be made questions. Right. Yes, let's yes. focus. Let's focus. Right. So we're going to go straight in with a question from James mm. L. Okay. Mm. When you listen back to the album, apart from Lucky Man, were there any other songs that you were surprised about? I have a soft spot for his Invisible Ink and his great live. The band should play it more often. So when you listened to Lucky Man, you kind of went, fuck me, that's great, didn't you? I did. I did. I, it, it did shock me. And, you know, I jumped back three three spaces. Um, yeah, Invis- Invisible Ink's quite a, a good little tune, isn't it? I mean, um, it's quite joyous. It's a it's a peculiar little lyric, isn't it? I don't mm. know how that came to me. This idea of sneaking into somebody's house <laughs> and leaving notes under their pillow <laughs> with nothing written on them, um, or nothing apparently written on them. It's a bit creepy, actually, isn't it? But 
it just came to me, and I thought that was, God knows when I wrote that, and I just sort of scribbled that out. And then, uh, and then there it was with that not again. Um, yeah, which of course I revisited in in last week's Crooncast. Mm. Um, yeah, and I and I, I crooned Lucky Man as well, didn't I? You crooning my way through the album. And mm. um, what else is on? So, poor my loves on there, isn't it? Yes, poor my loves on there. I've that. probably already crooned that, have I? At some point in the, the last. I don't know if you have. I don't know if episode. you have. I can't remember either. No. Um, but that'd be a nice, easy one. Just going back to Invisible Ink again. So, the idea that you would sneak into somebody's house, leave them apparent pieces of plain paper but they've got messages mm. written on them. And the only way you could mm. get to them would be effectively some form of UV light, commonly used probably to identify, you know, trace elements of blood or semen or what have you at the scene of a crime. <laughs> no, I think you're taking it into places I didn't intend it to go now, Anthony. Okay. Uh, no, I... I I didn't have semen on my mind at all when I wrote Invisible Ink. Um, uh, but, uh, no, all you have to do is breathe on them and you might see them written there in pink. So it was, it was. I was imagining, um, you know, heat activated. Um, that if you knew and you happened to breathe on the notes, then the, the letters would appear. In pink, hmm. and you could read them, um, which is I don't know that's either really romantic or really creepy, isn't it? Depending on your point of view, whether or not the attention is unwanted, I suppose. Um, I don't think it's creepy with a with a breath. I think I think if you need something like a UV light to see it, that's a bit odd. Right. You think it's less creepy? I think it's yeah. The way you've just described it, it's not creepy at all. No, it was meant not to be creepy. It was meant to be romantic in a strange kind of way, and it's all about um, it's all about fear, of course, and nervousness about not having the confidence to to say what you feel, you know, to somebody's face so you you leave them little notes um written in, in invisible ink so that nobody else can read them just little i'd imagine little declarations of of love or thoughts or could even have been sonnets um although i don't think i'd imagined sonnets that might be a bit classical and aldi worldy Especially for a song that goes da da dang da da dang da da dang da da dang, not very sonnety, is it? It's a bit more, uh, it's a bit more banana split. <laughs> Flegel, bingo, was it Drooper and Snork? Oh, good grief! Trooper? You're on the banana splits now, aren't you? Hang on, Flegel, Flegel, bingo. Drooper and Snork. I think he was Drooper. Yeah, you know, if if one of the banana splits was 
romantically infatuated. He might have left a, such a note right. under the pillow of some other fictional character. Right. Okay, so I've got two things on the back of that then. Uh, one, um, maybe you should do the theme tune to the Banana Splits as the Crooncast. I don't know how I'm going to do it in this cryogenic annex without a keyboard. Um, isn't it a bit of a singy one it anyway, back. isn't it? Na, 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 na. Isn't that a uh, banana I, I reckon you could do that. I reckon you could do that. Uh, and it was Flegel, bingo. In the style of Tom Waits. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and it was indeed... Flegel, Bingo, Drooper, and Snorky. Snorky. Was it Drooper or Trooper? Drooper. 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 Right. Flegel was on guitar. Bingo was on drums. <laughs> Drooper was on bass. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why I'm finding that funny. And, uh, and Snorky <laughs> yeah. was on keyboards and effects. Oh, was he? Yeah. There we go. I can feel another feel another pseudonym situation coming on for the boys, can't you? <laughs> I think we can. Well, we've already got it, haven't we? <laughs> we've already got it. I mean, you're fl- yeah, sorry, you're... Oh, actually, no, there wasn't a vocalist, was there? Because they all There sang. wasn't a singer. I- I've escaped. You've escaped. So, so Robbers is Flegel. <laughs> uh, Ian, Ian's bingo. I love that. Right. <laughs> Pete's Drooper, and I'm yeah. now seeing Pete with the Spinal Tap moustache, with Derek Smalls' moustache. Yes, easily done. Easily done. And with and Snorky. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Sorry about my crinkly clothing as well. Not crinkly. Um <laughs> a lot of trouble with words today. <laughs> You wouldn't think I wrote them for a living, would you? No. I can't actually string a sentence No. Together. An inability to speak <laughs> a, makes a podcast difficult. Yeah, yeah that too. Mm. That too. What's that word? Not crinkly. That no. What's what's the word for what's going on with my clothing now, Anthony? Um, Russell? Russell. <laughs> Crumply, rustly sort of. Goings on with, with my it's because I'm wearing Gore-Tex. Right, right. Just to finish off on the banana splits. Um, yeah, the the series was sponsored by Kellogg cereals, which brings us back round to the band. Oh, I never knew that. No, and a feature-length comedy that. horror film adaptation called the Banana Splits movie premiered at the San Diego Comic Con on July the eighteenth, twenty nineteen and was released worldwide on August the 27th. So recently? So recently. I'm thinking we need to see, we need to see that. A comic horror adaptation of the Banana Splits. (laughs) If Shaun of the Dead did the Banana Splits, I'm thinking. Who are these people who sit around tables and think of this shit? It's it's mind-blowing, really, isn't it? Well, it's the same people who sit down and go... What can I rhyme with capillary for a limerick? I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the potential for far greater wealth, mm. I suppose. I think we're part of the same mm. strand. Mm. I think we're just aiming a bit low. I think we are. We're aiming, we're, we're underground, man. 
Mm. We're underground. Underground. We're not mainstream. No. Oh, no. No. No, we've never been mainstream. No. No. Um, Back to the question. Back to James's mm. question. Mm. So we were talking about. Uh, so I think we've we've agreed that we like Invisible Ink as a concept, and it's not creepy. No, that did surprise me though. In answer to your question, James, that was that was a good thing. Um, what else is on there? Montreal's on there. Um, and do you know, in all the excitement of going to Denmark and being here, I I, I had told myself I would listen to Montreal this morning before this podcast. Um, so I'm going to have to listen to it before the next one. Right. <laughs> so it sounds that Can't Be Made might just carry on into the future forever. I, I reckon we can get rate. to 150 at this rate. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's extremely tardy. But I've had a, <clears throat> a kind of a mad week, really, with one thing and another. And now the boiler's leaking here at the summer house. So it's been a morning on the phone to plumbers today. Not me, because I wouldn't be able to explain to them what's wrong. Uh, Lynetta's been explaining. We've got a drippy pipe under the um, hot water tank, which it's good that we were here to discover that, because we're not always here. So we we have to attend to that, and it might it might be a bit of a right said Fred. I've got a sort of feeling if we removed the ceiling uh, situation, <laughs> so uh, we'll see. I've had a plumbing issue. He's coming tomorrow. Oh, is he? Well, our plumber's coming tomorrow. Oh, see, we're on opposite um, sides of the well, not opposite sides of the earth, but certainly a good distance apart, with with different plumbers visiting mm. us. On the same day. Our shower pump's gone. Oh, heck. So we can't have a shower. Is it? Is it an Aqualisa? No. Uh, no, there, it's a shower, a mate. problem right there. All right. Uh, uh, I didn't... Is, is Aqualisa a... Are, are they the shower pumps? I like Aqualisa stuff. I've always liked their showers. I thought they're good. They do this thing, Aqualisa, where if you've got one, about every few years, they they kind of contact you and they go, "Hello, this is us. Uh, we we you know we can we can come round and replace all the gubbins in your shower for you and at a discount, being as you already own one." Which I don't know whether that's cool or whether it's a bit of a con, because they still charge you loads of money to do it. But they do. It's a bit like an MOT. They remind you, you know, that your shower's probably knackered by now, so we'll come round and <laughs> put a new brain in it for you. Right. right. Um, so, so I've had a new brain occasionally in my Aqualisa. Right. Mm. Right. I think of all the recordings we've done so far, I think a new brain this morning wouldn't be a bad idea for either of us. Actually, the way it we're wouldn't. Going. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Just. A brain with the word capillary in it would mm. it would have been a good start. Mm. Should we go back and try another question? Should we have a run at another question? Yes. yes oh, I'm on. bursting. I'm bursting to try. Go I just on, wish then. I could be a bit more useful. Nicole Chase has asked a question, but I'd, we might have to leave oh. this one. But I'm going to I'm going to ask the first bit of it, see if it registers, and if it doesn't, we might come back to it. Only because she's referring to a gospel demo of Lucky Man. Now, does that ring a bell? Yes, 
And it wasn't a demo. What that was was that when we were recording Lucky Man, when we were mastering it, in fact, Mike thought it would be cool to put a gospel choir on it, and I agreed with him. Right. And um, so he did. He got, um, I can't remember where he found them, but he, he, he went off and he got, he got a gospel choir to sing on it. And opinion in the band was divided over whether or not that was a good thing. And I think the the voices in the band that thought it wasn't a good thing um, sort of had the ended up with the casting vote and, and winning. And so Mike mixed the track without the gospel choir on it. But he also did a mix with the gospel choir that we didn't use. I think that's right, unless we've released that somewhere in on a B-side or as bonus material or something, which is the kind of thing we'd do. Uh, but it wasn't a demo as such. It was a, it was an alternative version of the master. That's the way I remember it. That's interesting because I've not heard it and I was wondering where Nicole had heard it. So mm, now it, it I'm might wondering now, that. Yeah, it might now be very obvious and it might just be actually on the album itself with all the bonus material. So that I might think that's highly mind. likely. So yeah. I'll have a look. When we have a little break for Diary, I'll have a little little look and see if I can come, come back to that. Um, and she was curious if there was any thoughts in pursuing this sort of feeling or energy further. But I think, Nicole, we've kind of, you've kind of answered that really, which was it went, all, it went down to the wire, didn't it? It did. It did. It, went, it, went, it was, um, I think it was offered up by Mike as a, as a master. And I don't think Rothers liked it. I think he thought it sort of got in the way a bit of his of his t- twiddling. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe Marillion just weren't ready for uh, the full on gospel choir. But I, I don't think it was that. I think it was a sonic. Um, I think it was a, you know an objection on sonic grounds that it. It filled everything up and you couldn't hear anything properly anymore. Was they don't leave a lot of space, padded. do they, a gospel choir as a rule? Well, they didn't. Um, and, I mean, Mike's usually right about everything. I've found that in the past. Whenever I've had a massive disagreement with him in times past, I've thought, oh, he was right, you know. Um, so he probably was right. And uh, we probably never should have... Um, overruled him but um i think we did i can't remember i i think i was on the fence with it i just said look i'll go with the flow Mm. if you don't want it get rid of it and if 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 you do i'm happy with it but i didn't really feel strongly enough either Mm. way to you know for it to become a big issue but um i think mike was a bit disappointed that we didn't go with it Right. Nicole goes on to ask um, mm-hmm. if it was something that's ever come into thoughts since then. So I guess with the two albums that have come afterwards, don't have to be an opportunity for gospel choir in any of them? A gospel choir would have been great on Beyond You, I think. That's where, you know, we would kind of, it's in that area a bit uh, musically. 
But maybe it would have taken it over the edge. You know, we were obviously channeling, um, what's his face? The, the guy who got put away for shooting. Bill his... Spectre. Yeah, we were, cha- <laughs> we were channeling him uh, when we were recording Beyond You. Um, it was almost an experiment to see if we could make a Phil Spector record. Um, and Megan had a whale of a time doing that. He'd got tape loops going around microphone stands. You know, he'd got tapes going around the room. It was mad. Because um, I think Phil used to do that. Used to use tape delays, but because the delay on a on a stereo tape recorder is is quite tight, you know, it's in that sort of John Lennon slap sort of delay. If you take the tape off the record head, run it around the room and back, <laughs> you can get much you get much it's more long delay. long delays. And I think he used to do all that stuff, and when Megan was doing that <laughs> when he was mixing it. It was uh, quite bizarre. Looked like some kind of Victorian factory, the control room. A bit like with a pencil when you used to get your cassette tape stuck in the machine, and you were trying to yeah, work it back and in. Yeah, it just sort of splurged out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looked like when Beyond You came together. It was. Yes, it was like that. It was like that. Tape everywhere. Should we go for a bit of diary? I think we should. And I think, I'm glad I think we need Nicole a little breather, don't we? Questions. Yes, I certainly do. I need a blow on my ventilator. I'm wheezing like a train. Right, well, let's go to diary. Somewhere in Germany. Not quite sure where. I'll tell you where I am because uh, I know for a fact we were in Nuremberg and uh, I'm going for a, a little walk around the Zeppelin field where, where Adolf used to uh, make his impassioned mad speeches to the adoring masses. Um, so I had a good old wander around um, that part of what what was going to be. I mean, the that that entire area was going to be this massive um, sort of presentation um, ground for um, for the National Socialists, and Albert Speer built this enormous road, this enormous wide boulevard. It was going to be like a Nazi Milton Keynes. And, um, of course, it never, it never quite got finished. But it was it was supposed to have been this grand, amazing design of a, of a place of, of sort of exhibition and rallies. And I went and had a good look around. And then... Uh, and then I ended up late for sound check. And then we went to the football match across the road. So it was it was a great day. And here it comes. Saturday, twentieth of November, Nuremberg. Woke and looked out of the front window to see what I thought looked like the set for a movie about Hitler's Nuremberg rallies. In fact, it was the real thing. Went to catering and had a bit of bacon and a fried egg with a few baked beans and then went for a walk with Niall into the neighbouring Zeppelin field where Hitler was presented to his troops on rallies and other ceremonial occasions. 
We walked around the arena and stood on the very spot from which he would make his impassioned, insane declarations to adoring masses. Wow. We bumped into Roderick, our out-front sound engineer and one-time studio manager, stroke assistant, stroke engineer, and walked back together. I split up with them so they could concern themselves with the loading and spent a while on the bus writing this diary before going walkabout in search of the museum, which would put all of this into context. I took a long walk past what used to be a lake, now drained, and along the Grosse Strasse, a wide road consisting of granite blocks 30 metres wide by 1,500 metres long, which leads to the Information Centre, a huge semicircular arched structure like the Colosseum in Rome. I walked up to the massive structure and along its interior walkway beneath the arches. There didn't seem to be a way into the enormous edifice and I spent some time walking around its circular perimeter before happening across a parked police car. I was given directions further along to a modern entranceway where I walked along a corridor of steel and glass into the museum. I should have bought a book, but to be honest, I'm not sure if I want a book called Fascination and Terror on my bookshelves at home. I have my own fascinations, and they are much more about beauty and peace than the perverted obsessions and theories of those old nutjobs from 30s Germany. Now I'm here, I feel compelled to know more about what surrounds me, hence the walk. But I don't want any of this coming home with me. I would rather clean it from my shoes first. In the final analysis, it all comes across as so much folly. We're on this planet for 90 years if we're lucky. Why don't we enjoy it while we're here? What is it that compels an entire country to embark upon forcing its will on a world which is already perfect and ultimately will shrug off their edifices, monuments and new societies? Time passes. And today, the eerie and monstrous cheering which echoes around this place is simply that of the football supporters getting into their stride for the home match between Nuremberg and Kaiserslautern FC this afternoon in the neighbouring stadium. Also commenced in 1936, but now looking more like Old Trafford. I bought my tour guide machine in English and held it to my ear as I walked round the museum, learning about the rise of Hitler's National Socialism, how he managed somehow to change German law and dismantle democracy unchallenged by any of the systems of government and law which simply seemed to roll over at the force of his legal sleight of hand and cult of personality. It was one long barrel of laughs, Mein Kampf, the concentration camps, the conquest of France, etc., although the ultimate horrors and disaster of the Russian campaign seemed not to be mentioned much. My tour was suddenly cut short by a text from Frenchie saying, Fancy a sound check? I looked at my phone to see that the time was 3.18. As I stared at the screen, I realised that my iPhone had, once again, reset the time to UK time. I don't know why, which meant that it was in fact 4.18 and I should have been on stage since 4. I hurried back along Albert Spear's big granite road, along the banks of the lake and back to the show to find the band all but finished with soundcheck, 
apologising profusely, I checked my gear and sounds and all seemed fine. As I left the stage, Frenchy ambled up and said, Do you want to go to the football match across the road? Seemed like a good idea. We'd missed most of it, but I wasn't doing much and we could still catch the last half hour. Went over with Ian and Pete and was met by a very nice chap called Gerhardt who seemed to be running the stadium. He took us to the VIP stand and we had an excellent view of the match. Nuremberg were losing 3-0 to Kaiserslautern. Footballers have suddenly started to look like young boys to me. Jeez, now I must be really old. We saw a goal to Nuremberg, back to 3-1, and then a penalty awarded in the 80th minute, which would have put the game at 3-2. Unfortunately, he hit the crossbar, and so the game ended in a 3-1 defeat. I enjoyed the experience, though. I can never get over the intensity of colour at football matches, the green of the turf under floodlighting, and the colours of the strip on the players seems almost triply rich. If you've ever been to a game live, you'll know what I mean. After the game, Gerhardt took us to a huge VIP bar stroke restaurant, like a shopping mall, they have a lot of VIPs, and bought us a beer. I say us, I guess it's the royal we, Ian and Pete had coffee. There was an enormous food bar stroke buffet running as well, which he invited us to help ourselves from. We declined the food, although it looked great. After the beer, he showed us downstairs and back out of the stadium. As an afterthought, he said, Would you like to see the pitch? We would like to see the pitch. And so he led us back in and onto the turf, where we stood in the centre of the pitch the players had only just vacated. I have never stood on a professional football pitch before, and I'm certainly never likely to play on one. The grass was in amazing condition, almost like a bowling green. It was inconceivable that 22 blokes had been tearing up the thing in studded boots for 90 minutes. I could do with some of that in the garden. Ian observed that it looked a lot smaller standing on it than sitting in the stand. It felt about half the size down there. It's still impressive though how seemingly effortlessly the players kick a ball from one end almost to the other in one volley. We posed for a photograph and left the stadium, walking back across the narrow roadway into the gig. Had a spot of dinner, Coco van, and back to the bus for a lie down. That would have been enough of a day for most people, but I still had a show to go to. Received a text from Elle. She's already in the hotel in Berlin, having arrived safely with Little Vibes, who has been a very good boy all week, bless him. On the night, the gig seemed busy for our set. I could tell the room wasn't sounding as good as the Olympia Haller in Munich, but as I said before, that's a fabulous hall. All in all, the gig went well, and once again the band came off stage with the feeling that this tour has the potential to revive our fortunes in Germany and claw back some of the fans who deserted us when they heard and couldn't cope with Brave. Maybe with the passing of time, they'll see this show and reconsider. They might be ready for Brave now, especially if they check out Marbles and Afraid of Sunlight on the way to it. (laughs) 
And we're back. <laughs> and you've had a little puff, haven't you? Which seems to have helped. I have. I have. I've. I've. I had to visit the machine, um, and uh, I'm. I, I'm not sure I'm feeling any better for it. No. But the weather's improved. But I don't. I think that's got nothing to do with it. I think that's just a separate coincidental. A separate thing. Do you need a little lie down? Um, I don't know what I need, Anthony. I think I need a nice bowl of rug fresh. Right. <laughs> they have these things in Denmark called rug fresh, and uh, I quite like them. Right. But uh, I might have a bowl of rug fresh later. Okay, well, um, explain. Sounds like muesli. No, it's not. It's more like... Um, Oh, no. They're like crunchy, crunchy. <laughs> like if you could imagine a cushion that yeah. was only a centimetre wide. So a small cushion. Yeah, like a very small cushion made out of sort of crunchy breakfast cereal-y. Um, not like shreddies, but... It's- is it a bit like a Crave? Isn't there a cereal Ooh. called Crave that's a bit like that? Hang on, I'll get you a picture. Hang on. Oh, it could be. I've not heard of Craves. Right, it's a Kellogg's one. We're doing a lot for oh. Kellogg's this morning, aren't we? We are, and Aqualisa. Right, hang on then. Let me let me share this share this picture with you. Get ready for this. It's going to pop on your screen mm. any second now. I'm bursting now. I bet, yeah, that. I bet you are. I bet you are. That's them. That's exactly That's... the kind of thing. Right. But they're not chocolatey. Chocovore. Oh, it's got chocolate filling inside. Mm. Oh, no. No, no, it's not that. These are just, I guess they're the kind of thing without the chocolate inside. Right. They're just, but they look a bit like that. And they're called rug frass. Right. <laughs> 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 We were saying in the break that we might have to put a little bit of a warning at the beginning of 146 in terms of everything, just literally everything. Content, yeah, the whole, the whole lot. The sonic quality definitely probably slipped a bit because yeah. I can't turn this microphone. It's got a mind of its own. As fast as I turn it down, it turns itself back up. And you think it's a Zoom thing. I think it's a Zoom thing. Which has cheered me up slightly because I, I thought I was losing my mind. It's not user error. It. It's not user error. No. No, it's not user error. You're fine Amazing, on that. really. But... Anyway, let's have a go at one more question. Hmm. Just literally for shits and giggles at this stage. I'll try not to rustle too much through it. Right, okay. That's the Gore-Tex. Um, Nathan Page. Oh, yes. With the flack that you and the band received for being perceived to be anti-Israeli or anti-Jewish with Gaza, did you consider playing White Russian on the Sounds Tour with his message around peace for the Jewish people as a bit of a kind of an answer or an alternative point of view? It did cross my mind that um, that that song does have a... Um, would have balanced balanced out any criticism of of um, I mean Gaza was never meant to be an anti-Jewish anyway it was anti-state of Israel and I don't think um, 
I don't think white Russians is pro state of Israel. It's 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 more pro Jewish. It's more pro the religion and the and you know they're burning down the synagogues. It it it, it it's more a sort of a um, a critique of of that um, you know of of this kind of new fascism that keeps emerging. I mean it's because they went to Israel, the boys, and. They did a show there, and it didn't really, it didn't go well. I don't know if whether they went and then the show didn't happen and they came back. Someone will have to correct me on this. But I, there was, I know that they had a trip to Israel that was sort of fraught with problems, uh, you know, production problems and whatnot. Um, and I think it was that experience You'd have to ask him, but I, I think it was that experience that 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 led Fish to to write those lyrics. I think they were very struck, just as as people are very struck when when they go there. The, the amount of um, automatic weapons that are just casually slung over people's shoulders. Um, which is part of the national service. Everybody there has to to do a couple of stints in the army, and so it's it's perfectly normal to see, you know, very young men uh, wandering about with AKs over their shoulders, um, or or Uzis, as, as as Fish said. I guess they're Uzis; they're not AKs. Um, so that sort of inspired that that must have been the starting point, and I guess it's about the disintegration of civil society into into fascism or or the threat of fascism that continues to hang over the the world, and the desire to get out of there, you know racing the clouds home and all of that I think was about get me out of here um but you'd have to ask him. I could mm. be completely wrong about this, not having written it myself, but but having sung it myself a few times. That's where it takes me. But you didn't. Uh, you didn't really contemplate throwing that into the set as a. Because I'm with. I'm with you. I don't. I don't feel that that Gaza is is anti-Jewish. Um, in the same way that I I never felt white Russian was pro-Jewish. I just thought. Felt it was anti-nationalist. Jewishness is a weird thing because you know there's, I, I don't know what, um, you know what percentage of Jews are are total totally atheists in their view of life. It doesn't mean they're not Jewish. So there's an awful, you know, there's there's an awful lot of people out there who, on the one hand, are very conscious of being Jewish because that's their their um you know their ancestry but don't subscribe to the the faith at all on any level and yet the they still have to deal they still have to deal with being lumped in um mm. and and we christian folk don't really have that do we we don't feel no. like you know, if there's an anti, if we're a white C of E English so-called Christian, 
who, who have long since ceased to be, to have any faith. Um, we don't feel that we're in any way lumped in with more fundamental Christians by the rest of the world. But if you're Jewish, you kind of feel like you're being lumped into that all the time and being um, you're conscious of of there being a strength of feeling against Jews in certain parts of society. Um, and that must feel really strange, especially when you combine that with, with, with the history and the Holocaust and the knowledge of that. Maybe you always feel threatened on some on some level or other. You know, there's just an element of feeling just a little bit frightened of what might happen. Um, that's you know that's rotten and awful, and I certainly wouldn't want to have anyone to feel like I or we had had anything to do with that because that's not how we roll at all no now you're right in the, the fact that certainly there are a lot of tropes which are associated with the jewish faith which you you don't get with just say like say christianity and to, to that extent it's not there's not that kind of imagery or that kind of history and you know that 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 is is is, is something that you carry around as not baggage is the wrong word but you know what i mean yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because it's your race, and but it but it's it's sort of perceived also to be your religion. So you you can't. It's like you can't separate. Mm. It's like people struggle to separate Jewish religion from Jewish race in a way that they don't with. Um, I mean, you don't look at at an Italian and assume he's a Roman Catholic. There isn't that same link, is there? No. In in prejudice and in the mind. You go, oh, he's an Italian, so he must be down the Vatican every morning for breakfast. You know, you don't yeah. think that kind of thing. And, yeah, there's a lot of prejudice against Jewish people. Um, and I guess that, you know, the, 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 it's not like just being an Arab either, is it? You know, there isn't a, a, a definite nailed-on religion no. to your race, no. if you know what I mean. So it's a str- it's a, it's it's a strange one, and uh, I guess we all have to try and um, cut cut the Jews a bit of slack, really, because mm. they've they've got a lot of shit to put up with just because they're Jewish. Mm. You know, which has nothing to do with who they are, what they believe, no. or anything else. Nathan, I hope that answers the question. Um, yeah, I think we should get to the banana splits again as soon as possible. Yeah. I'd not even thought about the banana splits for years until this morning. <laughs> and I am so now seeing Pete as one of the banana splits. So we, there's a Croomcast coming in a second. Do you think they might, <laughs> you think they might have been Masons? I could sort of see Flegel. Giving you the funny handshake and popping off to the lodge over an evening. Oh, I could see the banana splits being masons. Oh, I could absolutely <laughs> see that. Oh, that's no, no, I don't think there's any doubt in that. Um, yeah. That explains their success, and that explains it right there. 
we'll, we'll throw that out. If you, if any other sets of cartoon characters you think are made more Masonic than the Banana Split, then please let us know. <laughs> and if you can do it in the form of a limerick, even better. Uh, that would be great. Right, we're going to have a crooncast now, and as it stands that, at the moment... That's Scooby-Doo, Knights Templar. That's Scooby-Doo. That's common knowledge, actually. <laughs> well... You just paint the the symbol on Fred, don't you? That's all Fred needs on that white jumper is is just the Knights Templar symbol, and he's done. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> well, I'll pad a second while H chokes to death. Um, we, we've got a Croomcast coming up any second now. <laughs> Neither it's of us know what's going to be on it. It's nailed on. <laughs> It's nailed on. Uh, dear. Do you want to count Serious it in? <laughs> one, two, one, two, three. You're doing it fucking wrong. listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>